Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. That music play. Beautiful. America's Heroes Group Roundtable. We are globally connected military families matters with partner family caregiver Keisha L. Jackson. Today is Saturday, April 2nd, 2022. April is Sexual Assault and Autism Awareness Month. Our host is Cliff Kelly, and I am his co-host, Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and our executive producer is Glenda Smith. Our digital media producer is Ivan Ortega of Scouts Honor Productions, a production company extraordinaire. And today we have Keisha L. Jackson, a U.S. Uh, Air Force veteran and family caregiver. And uh, Keisha has a very unique story. Uh, she is a 22-year retired Air Force veteran. After caring for her mother, who had stage 4 inoperable lung cancer, Keisha started uh, learning about caregiver resources to share with our other family caregivers. And as her guest, we have a special person, uh, Dr. Fayron uh, Epps. She's a principal investigator of Faith Village Research Lab. Uh, Dr. Uh, Epps is an ad, uh, assistant professor at Emory University. Uh, uh, Nell uh, Hodson, uh, Woodruff uh, School of Nursing, she has devoted her career as a nurse leader to reducing health disparities for underserved populations through innovative, culturally relevant programs for the African-American community. Dr. Epps works closely with an interdisciplinary team uh, to promote quality of life for African-Americans living with dementia and their family caregivers, care partners, through self-care and meaningful activities. Dr. Epps is also the founder of ALTER, the only nurse-led, dementia-friendly initiative to support African-American congregations. And it is such an honor to have both of you on. And, uh, you know, how, how are you doing, uh, Keisha, first? <laughs> Hi, Dr. Arnold. How are you? Fine, fine. It's always a, a, a pleasure and a delight to hear your voice. <laughs> yeah, yours as well. I have not. I think this is a happy, happy new year. I think this is the first time I've talked to you this year. On this, on this show, <laughs> And, yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. Before Doctor uh, Epps, um, um, you bring her on. I just wanted uh -huh. to, to to mention a little bit. I I got a chance to meet her and I through Delon Canterbury. You know, Doctor Canterbury, yeah. and uh, she and I were able to have a conversation. And I was thoroughly. I can't even impressed is not the word, right? Because it's not about being impressed, and she's not someone that tries to impress you. She's just someone that's really great that knows what she's doing and she's no, she knows her stuff. But I wanted to say in the conversation that she and I had, one of the ways, one of the reasons why I got into caregiving to the extent that I am mm -hmm. is because while I was caring for my mother and after I was caring for my mother with cancer, I was caring for one of my brothers, I uh, was his primary caregiver, mm -hmm. who had uh, fallen and he was placed on life support. Mm -hmm. And in the process of caring for my mother and my brother, I started going to these conferences. As a matter of fact, I had um, the CEO of uh, Gary Berg from 
caregiving last week, I mean, last month on the show. And when I went to that caregiving conferences, I began to notice that there were people there, a lot of people, but there were not a lot of people of color and there were not a lot of men there. And so it pressed upon me because there was so much information that was being shared, so many resources, so many, so much networking, and so many connections that I wanted to be able to bring it into our community to people of color in particular. And so when I talked to Dr. Fayron um, on that, that first phone call that we had, I was able to jail with her because it was like kindred spirits, and um, it just messed. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to what she's going to talk about today because I think it's going to be great. Great, 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 of great importance to our community. Fantastic. Thank you so much, uh, Keisha. <laughs> um, and, and Dr. Epps, you know, you know, an, an initial question I was going to ask you about, you know, caregiving while black, you know, why this is an important focus. And what would you uh, want military family caregivers to know about caregiving while black? Well, thank you all for having me Um I'm going to say Happy New Year, too. Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. But, no, um, thank you, Dr. Um, Arnold, for having me, and thank you, Keisha, for that, um, for adding on to the introduction. And I'm glad to be here and to speak about Caregiving While Black. This is a education program that I developed because um, I noticed in my interactions with black caregivers, particularly those I do a lot in the dementia field. Mm -hmm. So those caring for um, individuals living with dementia, I noticed that there was a a additional layer of challenges that they were faced with while on this caregiving journey. And no one was really addressing those challenges. You know, people would say, oh yeah, we have a culturally appropriate program and this and that, but that program wasn't really touching on what a black person in America is going through while they're on their caregiving journey. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I kept hearing feedback, you know, and um, I tell people when I'm walking the streets, because I do a lot in the community and they're like, Dr. Mm -hmm. Abs, that course was great, but it, it didn't address what I'm going through, I, I'm having a challenge trying to get to the grocery store to get, get healthy food, not my challenge of trying to go to, um, trying to, go to Paris. Uh, and I was like, wow, you know, they, what, what's going to help me? How can I thrive? And that's when I got with my colleagues, um, Dr. Arnold was like, we have to do something about this. And, mm-hmm. you know, I have I've developed other education programs, and they were just really general. They were really general. And I said, you know what? Let me bring my peeps. <laughs> let me bring my peeps in, and let, let's, let's address this. Um, being black in America and being a caregiver, and how can we manage home life? How can we navigate with the health care system? And how can we take care of ourselves? So I'm going to pause right here because I can keep on going and going back to order. But really important. I mean, you bring up some extremely important points. And, um, you know, there's one thing we can always theorize about things and think about cures or, but we have to talk to people (laughs) to see if they're working and how, you know, this actually, how they fit into this treatment or healthcare model, right, for making their lives better. So I had to applaud you for that. (laughs) 
Thank you. Yeah, and it's all it's about having better outcomes. And so I am a nurse. I've been a nurse for over 20 years. And, um, you know, I, I've seen some things, and I think all of us who've interacted with the healthcare system, if we can just take a minute and just pause right there, we'll know that we've seen stuff. And now a lot of things are coming to the light about some dis- medical discrimination and things like that. Yes. But I know as one person, I cannot change the system. But I felt that if I get with my colleagues, we may can empower black caregivers, black patients, so when they interact with the health system, they can get better outcomes because now we're giving them the, the tools that they need. And these tools speak directly to them. So, um, you know, what was so funny when I was trying to take a, a course shell and try to tailor it, I thought it was going to be easy, Dr. Arnold. Yeah, mm-hmm. Y'all, it was mm-hmm. not easy because yeah. I had to break all of those words down, and I needed to just keep it real. Right, right. And that's what this course does. And when I brought in physicians, they was like, all right, stay around. What, what you want me to talk about? Well, what, what, what? And I was like, you know what? I brought them in the studio. I said, forget your job. I mm-hmm. want you to tell me what you want to tell every black patient that comes across comes across your threshold, comes in your mm-hmm, clinic, mm-hmm. that you cannot because of the work the um the constraints of your workplace. Right, right. And they right. say, You for real? I said, I am for real. Yes. Yeah. yeah and yeah. and I say, let it loose. And they really I learned in like I said, I've been a nurse for twenty plus years. I even learned some things on how to interact with the health system, how much time, how to navigate my time and a physicians with a, a visit with a provider, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, understanding that they have their agenda. I have my agenda. How can we come together to mm-hmm. get the things that we need and how to um, have the hospital with discharge planning, I mean, we go through all of that in 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 this program. Mm-hmm. Um, and I walked away. I didn't even take the course. I just put it together. But I walked away like, wait, now I really know how to take care of myself and even help my my family members. Yeah. So, so what are some of the uh, resources available for veterans? You know, active military and uh, their families. You know, w- re- with respect to health and mental health issues. You know, Dr. Arnold. Oh, go ahead, Pamela. No, no, no. You can go ahead. Oh, I want. I did want to say a little bit about you know with the with the military, um, with the aging population, uh, the the chances of of people having a form of dementia is greater. You know, with the military, also there's the PTS, there's the depression that comes with being in the military. There's the traumatic brain injury. So within our community, it's so important that we learn um, how to take care of our loved ones because a lot of times we don't really think about it as dementia or any form of dementia. So I do know that the the VA, of course, the VA has a a lot of uh, programs. I think it's alzheimers.org. I think it's alz.org. Um, there's some, you know, there's a lot of information, there's a lot of resources out there that are available for people. When you think about blacks as a whole, a lot of times us as caregivers, you'll hear about us being underpaid or not paid, you know, and with this being April being volunteer uh, appreciation month, this is a time to definitely honor those caregivers 
because a lot of times, like I was saying, we're not paid. And right now we're going back with the, with the government in terms of are we going to cut funds for caregivers or not caregivers. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely have people to tap in. I always tell people to tap into the VA to find out all of your local resources and your local area on agency, on aging, to always tap into those resources because they're going to be able to help you. Um, you have AARP. Those are in your local areas. They're going to be specifically to help you get help in those areas. Um, but, yeah, this uh, caregiving while black course, mm-hmm. I think it could be very, very helpful for people as well. You know, you bring, Even up, a really, in the military. You bring up a really important point because uh, we have to really look at this comprehensively because one of the things that we always run into is that there are not enough you know, care uh, mental health providers as well, right, uh, psychiatrists, psychologists, and, you know, even so- social workers and, and people who are trained in uh, take, you know, taking care of people with mental health issues. And that in itself causes, I guess, more problems for caregivers because if you can't find someone, you know, to take care of uh, your loved one, then you're, you're, you're still, it's like doubly being hit, right? Because not only do you have to take care of them, but you're searching all over the place to find out who can take care of them. Yes, and so I actually run into that a lot when I'm in the community because mm-hmm. people, where do I go? You, you, you're you're saying I'm, I think I may have a problem. Mm-hmm. You're 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 out here in the community. You're talking about this, but now I need to go see a provider. Where where do I go? Mm-hmm. And I am now working. You know, now I'm taking it on as working with agencies so we can find a, a have a hub where they can go and type in their zip code. So if someone takes a memory questionnaire online using mybrainguide.org, mm-hmm. afterwards we will be putting up um, a tab that will come up if you need to see a doctor, type in your address. Mm-hmm. These are the types of doctors that, you know, you can go and see or call your insurance company if, in, and say, these are the ones that you you want to see, but um, that is a, a a problem. And I want to tell something else that we're noticing when they do get to the doctor, um, a lot of doctors are dismissing mm-hmm. the complaint. Yes, um, that they're bringing forth, um, especially if they don't look the typical way that they think someone with this diagnosis should look, mm-hmm. and and that's not right. And yeah, so yeah. I want to tell all our listeners. If that is happening, do not take that and say, oh, I guess I can't get help. No, you reach out more to some of the resources that were mentioned or go to another doctor um, until you find someone that does listen to what's going on with you or the person you're caring for. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more about that. Uh, and uh, you just can't brush things under the carpet. And, and, and one of the things, uh, I'm going to get on my public health soapbox now, <laughs> uh, but one of the things I'm thinking about is in the background is COVID-19. And, uh, you know, in communities of color, the Latino community, African-American community, you know, the, uh, the uh, vaccination rates aren't as high as they should be. And uh, it was kind of interesting, and I, I'm not sure of what the implications for this are, but uh, when I looked at the Mayo Clinic reports about the association between uh, COVID-19 and, you know, the more rapid progression of things like Alzheimer's disease, uh, it's tied into um, other, you know, uh, mental health uh, issues, uh, including things like, par- um, you know, uh, Parkinson's disease itself, the, just the anatomical piece of it, but 
it's, it seems like this is actually affecting multi-organ systems. And uh, a report just came out two days ago uh, about the uh, progression of heart disease from the CDC where they're finding people who are not vaccinated have a, a higher incidence of heart disease. And I'm wondering what is the implication of this for the, the mental health uh, field and will there be uh, things like we have long haul, you know, hauling hollow syndrome where people are in a fog and those kinds of things. So there may be mental health implications coming out of this pandemic that we're not really looking at yet or uh, that will need uh, more special attention. So, uh, uh, so you know, what, what advice would you give um, military family caregivers? You know, you know, how can they seek more um, information, or is there a place they can go to, you know, to get the kind of help they need? Because sometimes you, you know, have to step in for someone who has a mental illness because you notice things that are happening and the person may not feel or may feel threatened by that or, you know, uh, feel embarrassed about it or, uh, you know, going through other things, um, you know, you know that where they're just, you know, trying to downplay um, what's going on. So what advice would you give to the caregivers and, and to family members as far, as far as seeking advice and becoming a caregiver to begin with? Yeah, and so I think I'll piggyback on some of the resources that was mentioned before. And, you know, as we're seeking help for those with mental health illnesses and even for those with um, this, uh neurocognitive diseases, because mm-hmm. that's where dementia will fall under, mm-hmm. it is – Using the resources, um, tapping into the resources uh, as part of the VA system, but also outside of the VA system. Um, both of my parents are, are, are retired from the military, and I tried to make sure I stressed to them, you know, the resources within the VA system is great, but also AARP is awesome because they have a so much information about caregiving. And if you're in the beginning, they have prepared to care guide. So they have a lot of resources that they have put out. Um, I partner with them so we can educate the community. And for those that are interested on learning how to be a caregiver or how to utilize resources, they're really good. And then each condition, if someone is diagnosed with a particular condition, they have an association that, caregivers can tap into. So if it's Parkinson's, there's a Parkinson's association. If it's dementia, then it's Alzheimer's um, association and um, several others as well. So it just depends on what um, mm-hmm. what the person is diagnosed with or yes. maybe what they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Then they can tap into that as well. And I'm sorry, Dr. Arnold, I think I might have cut you off. Oh, no, 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 you weren't. I, I was just agreeing with you. I think this is fantastic, these resources. You know, you know I wanted to jump in and say something because I know mm-hmm. our time is almost up. Mm-hmm. But I had a, someone on the, one of my friends on the show last year who was caring for her mom with a form of uh, dementia, uh, Loretta Vini. Mm-hmm. And she mentioned, and I say this because of resources, she said her mother was diagnosed with early dementia in 2006. And at that time, she didn't seek out resources because she felt like she was financially able to take care of it. And it wasn't until three years later where she realized that her funds were being depleted. And she was not, she was like 223,000, like 692 on the list. 
Wow. And it wasn't until, like, it took a full eight years for her to be able to get the assistance that she needed for her mother. So I just say that because, wow. as Dr. Epson said and I've said, you know, there are resources out there. Start early having those meetings, those counseling, you know, going to doctors, having those appointments, finding out what's out there, what's available to help you so you can help your loved one and you could actually help yourself. Yes, yeah. So, yeah, so if we have, uh, if we have something going on with a, uh, you know, a leaky, uh, you know, a leaky roof. We want to make sure we have the maintenance in place first, and, and, and right. anticipating something that may be coming down the road. We have to uh, really be uh, cognizant and having situational awareness, and be aware that these things are going to be needed, those services. So, really, a very wise um, a recommendation to people who are out there listening. Um, but I, I, you know, we're uh, running out of time, as you were saying. I just, you know, this is such an important topic. I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to having uh, the likes of uh, Keisha L. Jackson and uh, Dr. Theron Epps coming back here uh, to talk us more about this because I think uh, th- this is going to become an increasing problem in our community as people are aging now as well. And as I mentioned, the COVID, I'm still very, very um, cognizant. Uh, up to two years ago, I was mentioning that you know, you may have organs, multi-organ system involvement because this virus attacks blood vessels throughout the body. And uh, it looks like some of that is coming to light now that uh, these things are happening. So uh, we don't know what's going to be needed out there. You put that on top of TBI or PTSD and depression and dementia and Alzheimer's disease, it's uh, not, not a good recipe, you know, uh, that we're following right now. So I want to thank um, our, uh, you know, our outstanding uh, outstanding uh, people who are on this call right now uh, and we are looking forward to speaking with you again again uh, Dr. Epps and uh, Keisha L. Jackson our partner in this uh, this web of uh, informing our veterans and we're going to want you to stay with us and stay with us we're going to be right back uh, very shortly Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.